Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact, their inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Chris Gillibo. Chris is the New York Times bestselling author of books, including The $100 Startup, The Happiness of Pursuit, and The Art of Nonconformity. He is also the founder of Side Hustle School, a daily podcast with more than 2 million downloads per month. Over the course of a lifetime of self-employment and side hustling, he visited every country in the world, 193 in total, before his 35th birthday. So welcome to the podcast, Chris. I'm so delighted to have you here. Thank you so much, Arsla. It's a huge honor. So tell me, I, your path, the entrepreneurial path, is not a conventional one. And I know uh-huh. that the travel that you've done has, has been such a big part of that. How did that all evolve for you, just to update anybody who doesn't know your story already? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it kind of depends on where you want to start. Um, <laughs> but, but travel and entrepreneurship have been a huge part of my life um, pretty much since I, was, since I was a kid, but especially as a young adult. Um, I realized pretty early in life I, I wasn't good at working for other people. Uh, I like to work, but I, I kind of had to be motivated for something. I had to believe in a mission, and that's hard to do when you know you're working at Burger King or whatever. So, <laughs> right. um, kind of found my own way. You know, I discovered this website called eBay.com that had just come out 20 years ago, and started selling you know things on online auctions, and kind of figured out okay, I can I can be self-employed, and that's great. Um, you know, but then what's what's next? Like, what do I do with that? And that led me to, to, to moving overseas to West Africa. I spent about four years living on a hospital ship uh, from ages, I guess, 22 to 26 or so. And that was a very transformative experience. Um, loved it. Just, you know, learned a lot about the world, a lot about myself, et cetera. And then when I came back to the States, uh, I was like, well, you know, now again, what's next? Um, and then I began that quest to visit every country in the world um, that you kind of alluded to. And so, uh, you know, for the past 10 years, I've been traveling. I've been writing every day. I've been sharing with a wonderful community I have called the Art of Nonconformity. And um, I feel very fortunate. I feel I just feel fantastic that I get to be able to, to write and travel and, and to speak to great people for a living. Well, and that's great. And I and you've also created a really amazing annual event called the World Domination Summit, which whenever I mention it, people kind of turn their heads and go, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's been an amazing uh, connection point for your community as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been fantastic. I mean, like everything, everything that I do one way or another is kind of oriented around community and affirming the values of independence and just kind of helping people create more possibility for themselves. Um, so I have this daily podcast that I do now called Side Hustle School. And that came about from last year, I did a tour to about 30 cities in North America. And uh, all along the way, I would talk for about half an hour about various things. And I would mention side hustles, you know, for like two minutes of that 30 minute stump, stump speech. And probably half the questions that I got afterwards were about side hustle. So, you know, I'm kind of taking that connection further and, and trying to help people 
you know, do something to create economic empowerment for themselves. That's great. Well, you mentioned um, community and independence and creating possibility. As you know, this podcast is about impact, making a positive mm-hmm. contribution. So one of the things that I, I ask people about is how do you bring your own personal values uh, those are the values of your community, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But how do you bring your own personal values into the work that you do? Because I, I believe that that is the basis of any impact, whether it's mm. conscious or not. So the more conscious you make it, the more you can have the impact you want to have. Can you yeah, speak a little I, bit to that? Sure. I mean, I agree completely. I think uh, you know those values that I mentioned—freedom, independence, uh, maybe gratitude—like those are my personal values. And if they're, you know, values of the community as well, then it's kind of a reflection of that. So I I actually, I actually do think very much when you're trying to create something or to have an impact, you should first ask yourself, like, what kind of change, you know, do I want to see in the world? And what bothers me the most about the world? Or what problem am I trying to solve? Not just what am I passionate about, but like, what frustrates me or what bothers me? And, and so, you know, for me, I, when I was younger, I was frustrated by the lack of freedom and independence and, you know, what could I do to become free or to become more independent or to have more possibility, like you said. And so that has definitely influenced like who I am now and what I'm trying to accomplish in terms of, of making impact. Hmm. Well, what impact do you think that your work has on your, on your clients? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I don't know. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't really have, I don't have clients, you know, I don't, um, I don't do any sort of coaching or consulting, um, it's not really for me to say like what my impact has been, but I guess what I, what I try to do is, is help people understand that there are more options available to them perhaps than they have seen before. Um, whether that is through self-employment or some kind of, you know, additional income generating project, even if they love their job or whether that's through, through international travel or just kind of pursuing their big dream. So maybe, maybe one thing that is pretty important to me is, just affirming people's right to dream and uh, to help them feel supported in that. And that's partly why, like, I had my own quest to visit every country in the world. But I think, you know, it's probably fair to say that some people, like, had some, you know, were influenced through that some, through some way um, and to pursue their own quest or their own big adventure. And so that's the kind of impact that I'm interested in. Hmm. And is it important to you to have that kind of impact or is that kind of incidental? Oh, it is. It's not incidental. It's um, It's necessary. Uh, for me, it's very motivational. Uh, for me, it's like, you know, if you ask, like, what inspires me, like, honestly, what inspires me is, you know, hearing from people that have read my books or something or otherwise, like, come to WDS or, like, our paths have crossed somehow. And, you know, for some reason, something that I did helped them in some way, kind of gave them permission to do something or gave them a practical tool. It, like, showed them how to do something. And I don't take any credit for it because, obviously, they're the ones doing the work. But I do find it very affirming myself and motivational, like when I can see like there is a difference between, you know, something that I've created and then what something else someone else has been able to do. Hmm. Is that something that you think affects the larger world when people start looking at things in that way? Is that is that something that you think kind of shifts shifts things in a larger with a larger perspective? Yeah, the email signature that I've used for, I don't know, also probably about a decade is this quote that says, you know, once in a while it really hits people that they, you know, they don't have to, to live life the way they've been told. And so I, I do think like anything that we can do to present alternatives or to shine a spotlight on somebody who is kind of living a non-conventional life or has made some kind of creative choice, I think that's good. And I think like if I think about my own life as well, like 
I wasn't necessarily inspired by someone who was like, I'm going to mentor you. Like, here's what you need to do. Step one through step 10 or whatever. But I did see lots of other people doing interesting stuff. And I thought, well, if they can do it, maybe I can too, like in my own way. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's important. Yeah. Is that something that's kind of evolved in you? Uh, the, the, the work that you're doing now and, and how you feel about the impact that it might have, is that, is that always been important or is that something that's, that's developed over time? Cause, uh, I mean, working in a hospital ship off the coast of West Africa is pretty, uh, a pretty amazing experience. Was that part of what, what you had in mind when you did that, for example? I think I had maybe the genesis of the idea, but it was very undeveloped. And I think I became much more self-aware over time. Um, and so it's, it's definitely a developed process. Like, you know, when I started writing, for example, like when I started the blog, The Art of Nonconformity, uh, I, I had a bit of a vision and I was like, I want to, you know, connect with people and make the world a better place, you know, et cetera, all those things. Um, but I think the vision was, was pretty small compared to, to what came later. And what changed was the interaction with people and doing meetups and hearing their stories and understanding, okay, well, I thought I was writing like a little blog about travel and, you know, frequent flyer miles or whatever, but actually, you know, people are connecting with this for different and deeper reasons. And I need to pay attention to that because if I, if I go in this direction, then it's going to change all sorts of things. You know, it's going to change my life and it's going to change the project and who knows what will be, you know, and I'm still trying to figure out like, you know, what it will eventually be. But I think I'm really glad that I paid attention to that because if I didn't, you know, I, I would still be having the blog about frequent flyer miles or whatever, but <laughs> I don't think I'd have the, the deeper thing. Yeah. Well, one thing I've really noticed about following you for a number of years now is that you, it, it seems anyway, from the outside that you, you're following opportunities, you're seeing things pop up, people respond to it, and you're following that. Is that your experience? Yeah, that's a great, that's a that's a great observation. I think I've I've done that more and more and become more comfortable with that recently because I feel like, you know, there's all this pressure on, you know, being an originalist and like pioneering your own ideas and and I definitely believe in that too, but I also think, you know, like you said, if an opportunity comes along, like there's lots of different things we can do with our work. And I think this is important people trying to understand what kind of impact they can have. There's lots of different things that they can do. And you know, lots of different things that they might enjoy doing. Like people have a lot of different kinds of skills and you can develop those skills in different ways. But some of those skills and some of those plans are going to be more impactful than others. And, you know, the overlap there comes from like what's happening in the world, what's happening in the current climate, what's happening with online business, you know, what's happening with all that kind of stuff. What are people interested in? So I guess I've been more attuned uh, to, to really focusing on what that overlap is and uh, trying to have the most impact possible because I don't want to just be talking to myself all the time. I don't want to just be <laughs> writing. I don't want to just be like a monk in the cave who writes. And like, like I, I think people who make art for their own reasons, that's totally valid. But for me, like I get a lot of value in making something and then people actually experience it. Yeah. I mean, that, that kind of back and forth conversation and uh, responsiveness is so much uh, a part of what I've seen at WDS, the World Domination Summit conference, where um, there's a real dialogue that goes on from year to year, and that that mm -hmm. offering has ex has evolved over time too. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, that's all. It's it's the same kind of process. In the in the beginning, it was like let's bring together, you know, digital nomads or you know, entrepreneurs. And, and that's that's fine, you know, but that's like a very small subset of our community now. 
Um, and now it's it's much deeper. And this year, like as you know, we focused on this theme of building a better world and um, really trying to affirm and encourage people in that way. So uh, that's that's not like the result of a grand vision. That's a result of like putting something out and then seeing what the community can bring to it as well. And then you put those things together, and that's what's really magical, I think. Yeah. Has your uh, you mentioned traveling and speaking and writing being such important aspects of what you, what you do? Is that something that you've you've come to over time? I I, I guess one of the things that I'm interested in knowing about is what's the best way you've found over time to spend your time and energy? Because we we all start off when we're self-employed, you doing everything. And ideally, you can focus on those things that are most powerful, most connecting, most evocative of of what your community is is looking for. Has, Has that been kind of an evolution for you? And how has that come about? Yeah, well, I think, you know, from the from the beginning of this process, like a decade ago, uh, writing was always like, that's my primary medium. That's what I want to do. Uh, I want to I want to write a book like I knew that. And so I, and then I started doing the meetups. And so that's when the, the events and, and the speaking and community and became a little bit more important. Um, and it was just this year that I started the podcast. And I think so that's kind of like in response to realizing that not everybody consumes content or media the same way. And that's been really interesting because I have been able to reach this whole different group of people that, that I never reached before. So I've, I've been quite surprised at that. So that was also that was an evolution for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and you've got a team that works with you now, which I think was maybe non-existent at the very beginning or certainly much smaller than it is now. Mm. I have a team for WDS, um, but I, I don't really have a big team for anything else. I, okay. I, have one, I have one assistant that I work with and she's great. But I've actually been very deliberate about not trying to create scale and not trying to create some kind of structure and hire a bunch of people because I'm, I'm not a good manager. <laughs> and is that something you've considered? I, I think that's true of many entrepreneurs. And is it something that you've considered building a bigger organization where you have someone working with you who, who can manage large groups of people? Or is, uh, have you felt really good about the way you've developed things more independently? Well, that's interesting. I, I have considered it, but every time I've considered it, I think it's been because, you know, I've had the impression that that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And right. You know, and that's what you hear <laughs> yeah. like over and over. And so that obviously works for lots of people and that's great. Uh, but in general, in life and work, I don't think you should do something just because, you know, somebody else says this is what you're supposed to do. And yeah. you have to figure out what's best for what's best for you. And uh, I, it's a balance because I want to grow. Like I want to, I don't necessarily assume I'm right about everything. Like I want to challenge myself, but I think we also have to play to our strengths. And, uh, you know, for me, like these, this whole project, as, as we said, when we started was built on these values of freedom and independence, it was built on, you know, the notion that, you know, we, we can do anything. So, but because we can do anything, we have to choose like what's most important. And so I've been, I've been trying to do that myself and, Maybe it will change at some point, but I think for now I kind of found, you know, what I'm what I'm good at. Yeah. Well, you make a really good point about, you know, it's what you're supposed to do, and that's not necessarily the right path for you yeah. as you as an entrepreneur. So there's a lot of lot of stuff out there about learn to delegate. You know. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's fine, and it's good for lots of people. It is yeah. good. It's just like I feel like whenever you hear a conventional wisdom, like whenever you hear that everyone says the same thing, I think there's 
something to be concerned about, you know, and there's <laughs> always going to be exceptions for that. And so to me, it goes to what your goal, what are your goals? You know, what are your goals as an entrepreneur and why did you get into this in the first place? And, you know, if your goal kind of leads you to scale, then, then there, there is that path that you need to follow. But if your goal leads you to something else, then you don't necessarily, you know, apply the startup way to your, you know, solopreneur business. Yeah. And freedom is such an important value for you that it's, uh, it, it kind of runs counter to that. If you're building a big organization with multiple direct reports and that whole structure. Yeah. Well, something that people see is, you know, you're this, this person who started off, you'd traveled all over the world, you developed, uh, this conference has taken off and these other ventures, your books are really popular and it all looks very smooth and seamless, which uh -huh. of course it, it, we all yeah. have challenges and, and things we bump up against. So right. how do you, how can you give us an example of something that you've struggled with that and how you've been able to move through that? Cause I, I think it always gives people a little bit of a reality check and, and reassurance that yes, these things can be moved through and, and effectively and you can carry on and still have impact. Yeah, I mean, that's great. I think uh, it certainly hasn't been smooth and seamless. Uh, I, I'm fortunate first that that I love what I do and I have no desire to do it any less. And you know, I work every day because I, I it's what I want to do. Like I get up and I want to work on my stuff. So I think that helps a lot. I think the number one thing is like, you know, the number one productivity hack is to, to love your work because then that, everything, everything's much easier after that. Right. right, right. But, um, in terms of challenges, like, so I'll give you a specific one. I, I do feel like things have shifted quite a bit in the online space in terms of how people develop products and courses. And, um, it's been like a big evolution in, in that. And for years, probably like maybe three or four years, um, after I started the art of nonconformity, the business model that I focused on the most was uh, this business called Unconventional Guides, mm -hmm. uh, which had a number of ebooks and different multimedia courses. And I guess I just noticed like this shift of like people are paying less attention in general to things like that. And they're just consuming content in different places more. I mean, social media in some ways is taking the place of blogs, et cetera. So I've tried to, um, I've tried to just kind of adapt to that and not necessarily like, you know, it, keep moving forward with the same things. If the same thing isn't working as well, you should kind of, you know, look and do something different. So part of that is how I kind of shifted over the past couple of years. Uh, now with the podcast, I'm now doing like in-person workshops, which I never did before. So I just, I guess, I, I guess I keep experimenting. And that's one thing that, that has helped me to, to overcome challenges is not just assume that what worked yesterday is going to be the same thing that works today. Um, and of course you also want to have a long-term vision, so you have to figure out how to put those two things together, but just being cognizant of that has helped, I think. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting. Your experience with podcasts coming out of the in-person meetings that you had and, and giving mm -hmm. talks that, um, you're tapping into a whole new audience. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've certainly had feedback like that too, about the podcast that, um, about this podcast, just people, finding it so accessible and, and uh -huh. having to sit down in front of your laptop and working through a, a course is uh, maybe not necessarily going to work for everyone. So having these bits and bytes of information is really an easier way to go and more accessible for people that are busy and doing a lot of different things. Yeah. And you can consume it passively. You know, that's, I think that's one thing is you can consume it like on your own time and when you're commuting and all that 
kind of stuff. And I've been surprised myself though. I mean, like to go back to like smooth and seamless and like, Oh, I know everything. Like I, <laughs> I'm really surprised Ursula because I, I would have predicted like five years ago, if somebody had asked me about podcasts, I would have said like, Oh, those are like on the way out. Like I really would have said that yeah. because it just, that's a, that was my impression at the time. You no. Know? So obviously I was, I was very wrong. And so anyway, this year I finally caught up to 2006 or whatever and decided <laughs> to start my podcast. I'm glad I did. Well, I think they've shifted because, um, you know, I, at least, correct, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the content and the way people are presenting them has mm. changed over time. So, yeah. Well, is the way that you, um, you said that you, you love what you do and you love to go to work every day. You, we can get so caught up in the work that we're doing that we can um, start to ignore our own um, well-being, um, phys- mm-hmm. physically and, and spiritually and emotionally. Is, is that something that trips you up? Do you ever get into a sort of workaholic mode or do you have practices that help you kind of keep an even keel? Yeah, I feel like you, you're going to have to have a, another guest on to speak to this topic better than me um, because <laughs> I, I definitely – I'm not an expert in that at all. And like I, I do I do kind of struggle. And like um, I, I, like I said, I love what I do, but I'm also transparent about the fact that I, I pretty much work every day, all, you know, all day. And there's probably – I could probably be better at working smarter and, you know, doing some things, as you said, to kind of care for myself so that then I could be more effective, et cetera. But um, – I don't think I'm terribly unhealthy. I mean, like I exercise. I mean, I try to have, you know, some some degree of balance in my life. But I don't have like a meditation practice. I don't have, um, you know, like a formal gratitude practice. I try to live with gratitude, but I don't have like a here's my gratitude practice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I mean, I've talked to uh, almost a hundred guests on the podcast, and it's probably most of them have a practice. But I'm oh, I'm surprised sometimes by uh, some of the most successful people saying, "Yeah, I don't really do anything specifically every day." <laughs> and so it's, it's great to hear because then whatever works for you is is what's gonna come into play and what feels nurturing. And, and if you are loving what you do, um, that goes a long way to, to, yeah. uh, taking care of yourself as well. For better or worse, you know, what you see is what you get. <laughs> so in the, the course of the work that you do, the, the, uh, in your marketing, how has that evolved? Is that something that you pay a lot of attention to, or is it, um, I know there are different aspects to your business, so maybe you can speak to a few aspects, but uh, how big a role is marketing play? Yeah, I think I I have paid less and less attention to it over time. And it's not that I that I think marketing is, is bad or unimportant. I, I actually have a lot of respect for, for people who who take that seriously and like they, they believe in what they're they're putting forward. So of course they want to reach more people with it. Like I'm totally on board with it. And I, and I've taught a lot about marketing, like in my books and things, but I guess for me, it's just a reflection of like, I'm just one person I can only do so much. And so what is it that I do want to focus on? I think if I choose, I want to focus more on like, you know, writing books and then going out and sharing that message, um, than, than marketing itself. But maybe the one thing that I do do try to do is like when I have a book out, like I have the new side hustle book coming out, like I do, uh, I do try to kind of to, to hit well with that because in the publishing world, like you have this short window, like a book has like a short lifespan at launch in particular. And what happens in like the first four to six weeks really kind of determines like the lifespan of the book in most cases, like there are some exceptions, but in most cases. And so I guess since that only happens, you know, every year and a half or two years for me, 
um, I do try to kind of go all out and do whatever I can to to make you know the book debut well because that's going to affect the opportunities available to me later. Hmm. Yeah, and and you mentioned side hustle school. Is that I, I know it's something you've talked about for a while, and and different people have used that term. Is hmm. how has that evolved for you as something that you've you're focusing more and more on? Yeah, it's my whole 2017 and maybe beyond, hmm. um, you know, with, with doing a daily show. I mean, I do it seven days a week. So there's a lot, there's a lot to do with that. And I'm, I'm right. getting ready for the, for the book to come out and I'm doing a, a hundred city tour for the book. So like, it, like my whole focus is around that concept. And I, I've just noticed more and more uh, resonance with it, uh, more and more desire for people to, you know, create additional source of income, even if they love their job. And I also am kind of maybe fighting for ownership of that phrase or at least the definition of that phrase because it means a lot of different things to people right now. And I see like Uber and Lyft are using that that phrase in their marketing. And I, I, I like what Uber and Lyft have done in terms of disrupting the taxi industry, but I don't think that driving for a rideshare company is, you know, a great opportunity for lots of people. I think it's a part-time job, right? you know, so it's a good part-time job perhaps, or maybe not like it depends on how you look at it, but I'm trying to help people create assets for themselves. I'm trying to create, help people do something to where like they wake up in the morning and they could see that they made some money from something that happened overnight. Like that, that to me is uh, what the side hustle is all about. Yeah. So more of a passive income kind of approach. Yeah, exactly. Although I'm careful about using that phrase because, okay. you know, people that also has a lot of connotation and people have some skepticism, but, but essentially like that's what it is. Right. The bark a lounger approach where you basically send an attention <laughs> out into the universe, that's great. kick yeah. back and yeah. money rolls in. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Gotta be careful about that. Yeah, exactly. So are you finding that corporate folks are the ones that are really looking at, at side hustle school more? More and more, or yes, is- and yes, absolutely. And so this has also been a great lesson for me because my own bias is entrepreneurship. Like my bias is self-employment. That's what I've always done. Um, but I actually came to believe, like last year, there's this whole group of people that are being left out of this conversation. And uh, pretty much every like entrepreneurial business book kind of like has has this uh, assumption that everyone wants to quit their job. Like everyone wants to quit their job and become a quote unquote entrepreneur. And if you don't, like what's wrong with you? You know, because every job is a soul sucking job. And the thing is like, obviously not every job is a soul sucking job. Like lots of people are quite happy, you know, working for the right company or the right organization. And they like being part of a team and they, they actually, you know, are kind of different than me because they, they don't want to necessarily live with their work a hundred hours a week. Like they want to leave their work at the office or whatever and go and do something else. And that's mm-hmm. totally valid. Um, yeah. uh, or, you know, maybe it's a different situation. They don't necessarily having the best job in the world, but they, they can't just, you know, quit their job tomorrow and start their business because they have a family and a mortgage and everything else. Uh, so my whole purpose with side hustle school is, is essentially to market. We'll use that word to market, uh, to people who have jobs and, uh, you know, are not planning to quit them right away, but they want to establish some kind of additional income source. And so I'm speaking directly to those people. I'm actually excluding entrepreneurs for the most part, because there's plenty of resources for them. And I think that's been something that has really helped this whole project take off mm. because I hear from a lot of people who say like, 
You know, I felt like I've been underserved before. Like I don't understand or I don't relate to some of these these other messages, um, but I relate to this message. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a big assumption to say that everybody does, doesn't want to be in a corporate setting. I actually did that for nine years and it definitely was not me. So I've been an entrepreneur for mm-hmm. 21 years. So that's a much better fit. But there are people that are quite happy in that kind of setting and just want to add to it or, or build on that in some way. So, um, yeah. Or like, you know, I think about my mom, my mom worked for NASA, you know, for, for 20, 30 years of her career. And like, you know, obviously that's, that's very meaningful and fulfilling, you know, you can't work for NASA as an entrepreneur for the most part, like Mm -hmm. there's a structure, you know, you have to go through and, um, I've got firefighters in my community and teachers and nurses, nurses, and, you know, people that are obviously like doing important work. So, so where does entrepreneurship serve them? Like there obviously serves them in some way, but I think, you know, they've been receiving kind of the wrong message. And so I'm trying to take a classic message, but hopefully apply it in a different way. Yeah. I've been reading Emily Wapnick's book about multi-potentialites. Oh, she's great. Yeah, yeah. Emily's great. Yeah. And she really talks nice. she talks about uh, people putting their work together in different ways so that this is, I mean, it, it really speaks to what you were just talking about of it doesn't have to all look like let's all run off and become entrepreneurs because that's not right for everyone. Right. It can be a real, really unique and creative combination too. So, yeah. Well, if in, in your your whole career of being an entrepreneur, you've uh, learned so much, and now you're you're building yet another audience. What kind of insider advice would you share with uh, with someone who's looking at? I want to have I want to have impact. I want to make a positive contribution and and uh, build a better world, as as you you put oh. it. What would you share with them in that? In the answer yeah. To that. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of a good little nutshell response because um, we've touched on a few different things in this conversation. I think uh, probably the most important thing is to have have some sort of message. Like, what what is your what is it that you hope to accomplish, and what is it that you if you if you want to reach people, like say you had everyone's attention right now, what would you tell them, and what kind of change do you want to create? Like, do you want to be a catalyst? Do you want to be an amplifier? Do you want to be you know, a support or a coach in some way, I guess just maybe being intentional, you know, is, is probably a good first thing because there, there's so much generality in the world these days, especially like online, like everybody has something that they're, they're offering. And so, uh, I guess I'm increasingly feeling that just having a sharp message is really important. I think that goes a lot further than any kind of tactic. Like you can always learn tactics. You can always, True. you know, get, either get help with that or learn it on your own. But, um, to kind of know what it is that you want and have a clear intention, I think is probably the the good first step. Is there a way that you can suggest that people start to explore that? Yeah, I don't know. Just get get experience in life. I mean, basically, <laughs> like I'm sure there's some practice you can go through or some test. But like for me, it, I can only kind of say like for myself, like it came through exploration. It came through discovery and lots of twists and turns and being willing to make mistakes or like go down a path and then you know, turn back and go down another path. I think that's something that is, um, it's just greatly like underappreciated in our society, the willingness to, to experiment and then give up on something because we have this value of perseverance, right? Like you should Mm -hmm. always persevere, but I think giving up strategic giving up is, is very powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I, that's certainly been my experience too. Some, some things are just not the right path. So being willing to give up on it and move on to something else is as important as persevering when it is the right thing. So, yep. yeah. Because life is short. 
Yeah. So what are you going to do, right? <laughs> right, right. Well, Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. I uh, I know you've had a big impact in the lives of many people that I know, and uh, the way that you're allowing your business to evolve so that you're you're reaching to people in different ways is been it's a really powerful example for people. So um, thanks for sharing your story with us today. Of course. Thank you so much. It's a big honor. So if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you if they're not already on your on your email list? Uh, of course, yeah. So uh, the, the podcast is Side Hustle School. That's on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to shows. Uh, they can go to SideHustleSchool.com. Uh, the new book is called Side Hustle. It should be at every bookstore or on Amazon.com or wherever you buy books online. And uh, my work is at chrisgillibow.com, which no one can ever spell. But if you just type <laughs> something close to that in Google, you'll probably find me. <laughs> and when's the book coming out? Uh, September 19th. Oh, great. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much, Chris. And thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Awesome. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too. Join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.